Good afternoon, church. Is, is this thing on? Now we good? Yeah. All right, you guys can hear me? Yeah. I'm so used to saying good morning. I have to get used to saying this whole good afternoon That's thing. Right. Do you guys trip up a lot at church? Yes. Yeah. Just me. Just me. Um, well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Christian. Uh, my wife, Jessica, and I are part of the Simi Church, and we also have a little one. Uh, so we're like two and a half. We got a we got a two year old at home. Well, she's almost two. Her name's Savannah. You've probably seen her running around. She's the one causing all the trouble. Yeah. Uh, but today I, I got I get the privilege of speaking to you about something that I'm fairly passionate about, and that is glory. Um, this is something that uh, was on my heart because of something that was brought to my attention by my wife. And uh, just to give you guys some background, my wife listens to this podcast uh, of this this woman in Colorado. Her and her husband are. are in the ministry over there, uh, not within our church, but another uh, family of churches, and uh, her husband's a pastor, and she she leads this podcast for women, and so it's a it's a podcast to strengthen women, Christian women, and uh, it's a it's a place for her to share her passions and her values, her convictions, uh, with other women to strengthen them, and every once in a while she has her husband on the podcast, and this is where where you know I come in. My wife sent me the podcast that her husband spoke on, and he spoke on this topic of glory. And I got to tell you guys, when, we, when I first listened to this, about 40, 50 minutes long, my jaw dropped. I was blown away by his thoughts and the things he had learned about God's glory. And so I want to bring those things to you guys today and share those things with you. And hopefully it's as eye-opening as it was for me to you. Um, I, it started off with a quote, and I'm going to warn you, this quote is a little abrasive and uh, can come across a little harsh. But I want you guys, can you guys have an open mind? Yes. Let, let's go ahead and pray before we dive on in. Uh, let's ask for God's wisdom, right? Dear Lord, I, I pray that you, uh, you help your word be preached today, God, that you keep me out of the way and that you make this all about you, Lord. I pray that you are glorified this evening, uh, that we can all have open hearts and open minds to this message and that you speak to us. Lord, we love you so much. We pray this in your son's name. Amen. All right, so here's that quote that I was warning you about. It's by John Piper. And it is, God loves his glory more than he loves us. This is the foundation of his love for us. Okay, so at first, like I said, it's a little abrasive, right? It feels kind of weird, like, wait, what? God loves himself more than he loves us? No, he loves me so much. (laughs) We have songs about it. We have scriptures about it, how much he loves me. How can he love himself, his own glory, more than he loves me? And so when I first heard this, I was kind of like, wait, what? I was kind of taken back by it. But as, as this, this guy on this podcast talked about it, it made sense. Yeah. And so I'm going to share some scriptures with you guys this morning. Or this, see, I did it again. This afternoon. And uh, hopefully it, it's eye-opening. Let's dive on in. So Paul gives us a good idea of what our mindset should be. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. This means everything we do should be for his glory. Yeah. And I thought about my life when I, when I heard that scripture, because I've read it many times growing up. I thought about my everyday life, right? When I wake up in the morning, is my number one goal to bring him glory? Not every day. Not most days, I'd say. Do I go to work with the intention of bringing him glory? Not all the time. But this is a scripture, and it calls our hearts out, right? Everything we do should be glorifying God. Right. 
Another thought Paul had. One of my favorite scriptures in Philippians 2. Therefore God exalted him, Jesus, to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Yeah. Paul totally understood this. Everything we should do, we do is about him. Right. It's not about us. It's not about our life. It's about fulfilling his good purpose. And Jesus understood this too. I, I, I think back on when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. About to, he knew what he was about to take on on that cross. And what did he pray? He prayed, not my will, but yours be done. That's right. Right? He knew even how awesome the thing he was about to do was. He knew that it was all about God's glory. David, one of my favorites in the Bible. I, I think I relate to him being a musician. I uh, like songwriting every once in a while. I kind of try to tap into my inner David. Uh, but he understood it, right? The Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. Clouds and thick darkness surround him. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Fire goes before him and consumes his foes on every side. His lightning lights up the world. The earth sees and trembles. The mountains melt like wax before the Lord. Before the Lord of all the earth, the heavens proclaim his righteousness, and all people see his glory. Do you guys see the theme going on here? It's a good theme. That God deserves glory. Right. He should be number one, and our lives should reflect that. Right. have another thought to share with you. God is a God-centered God, not a you-centered God. Right. Another one of those thoughts is kind of like, huh? What does that mean? Think about it this way. If God was centered on us, that means our whole lives would be about us. Right. Right. It's a good thing that God is not centered on us. He's centered on him. As we think about this, I want you to think about this. Because this is something that I thought in my head and comes up a lot in Bible studies in my heart. Like, wait, isn't that prideful or isn't that selfish of God to think of himself first, to be centered on him? And the answer is no. Why? Because we're tr- when we think those thoughts, we're trying to put God in human form. Right. We're trying to put our struggles and sins on God as if he were able to sin that way. Right. We're putting him... In what I think of as a, a finite place. Um, I'm a visual learner. So I made a little visual aid for you guys. This helps me. Okay, so this is me. This is you. This is us, right? We're finite. We have a beginning and an end. Every thought we have has a beginning and an end. The, uh, the expansion of our mind has a limit. We can only be so smart and think about so many things and know so much. God is not that way, right? He is someone who can think all things, do all things, be all things. He is infinite, right? And and to put it in perspective, I I like thinking about things that I maybe know a lot of or or can think of a lot. Like, I think of colors. Like, we have so many different colors that we know. I look look at these, like, uh, the windows over here and how many different colors there are. 
And imagine there's, there's billions of colors that we've never even seen. Right. Although we don't, we don't know. And God does. Or musical notes. Like, I think of music a lot. And I think, okay, there's 12 musical notes, and you can go up or down, and I know a lot about the chords and stuff. But what if there's more that I don't know, and I've never heard, and our ears can't even contain. Our brains can't take it. Think about that. Like, how cool is that, that God has so much more of the little things that we know. And, guys, it isn't easy to think this way. We make it hard for ourselves. I think about human beings as a species. We named ourselves Homo sapien. Anyone know what that means? It means wise man. So we, when we were thinking of our species name, we're like, hey, we should name ourselves wise man. <laughs> Gives a perspective of what we think of ourselves, right? We put ourselves on this higher pedestal like we are the dominant species on the earth and we're amazing. We're not. And we got to put ourselves in that perspective. I want to show you guys some more scriptures. Sorry, I'm going backwards. This is God in Isaiah. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Then later, earlier in Isaiah, he says, To whom will you compare me, or who is my equal? We have to stop putting God in a human form. Right. We have to stop thinking of him as one of us. Right? So that whole, isn't that prideful, isn't that selfish? That's, that's putting human characteristics in God. Right. right? And God's way higher than we are. We can't think of him on our level. Right. Another scripture. This just ties it all in. Isaiah 48. For my own name's sake, I delay my wrath. For the sake of my praise, I hold it back from you so as to not destroy you completely. See, I have refined you, though not as silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction for my own sake. For my own sake, I do this. How can I let myself be defamed? I will not yield my glory to another. Wow. Think about that scripture. I mean, when he says it twice, it means it's important, right? For my own sake, for my own sake, I do this. So God doesn't save us because we're worth saving. Right? He doesn't save us because we're awesome. He does it because he's awesome. That's Amen? Right. Amen? So he, he is showing us clearly through scripture that his glory is more important than we are. Yes. And we have to know that and live like that. And I'm going to share an example of why. You guys doing all right? Yes. All right. Appreciate your patience. Glory belongs to God alone. And I, I thought about like... What are some examples of humans who try to take on glory for themselves, right? Or we, you know, we try to hold it in our hands. I think about like men like Hitler and Mussolini and Stalin. What happened with those guys when they had a lot of glory? I mean, they had nations bowing at them and saluting them. Only bad came from that. That's right. I think about celebrities, million followers on Instagram, and they end up committing suicide in a hotel room by themselves. Glory is not to be held in human hands. That's right. We are not supposed to have glory for ourselves, but for God. Amen. God is, God is the only one who deserves glory. Right. <clears throat> I want to share a story with these two little girls. I got permission to show that photo. Don't worry, guys. Um, but this is uh, a story that hits my heart. And when I was learning all this about glory, it kind of locked it in, in into place. Uh, if you guys don't know, Jess and I... 
went through a tough time. Well, Jess went through a tough time, and I just sat there and watched it. Uh, when Savannah was born, uh, we had some complications. It was a tough pregnancy to begin with. Uh, you know, she ended up being on bed rest, and we ended up having to go to the hospital because she was contracting, and we were six weeks early. So Savannah was supposed to be born in six weeks, and we ended up having to go to the hospital. And up to that point, we had been praying that Savannah would flip over because she was breached. So her feet were pointed down, and we were praying, you know, God, we, we really want this birth to be natural and everything to go great. Can you please flip her over? And I remember being on my knees and praying, God, please turn this baby around. And he wouldn't do it. And so I remember being confused and angry and upset. Why? Like, why, why won't this baby turn around? And so we, ironically, we go to the doctor, and... The gynecologist is just doing her thing, and she goes, oh, I feel a foot. We're going to, we have to go do emergency surgery and get this baby out, because she had kicked her foot out. Wow. She's, uh, she fits the profile. She's very rambunctious and energetic. Um, but we, we went and did an emergency C-section. Savannah was six weeks early, but she was fine, and she went to the, the NICU for a week, and she was out. She was great. But Je what Jessica endured that night was not good. Uh, she ended up having to do four surgeries, uh, that resulted in an emergency hysterectomy. Um, she went through her total volume of blood twice. Uh, so it was a rough night, to say the least. And the whole time, I was just on my knees, crying, praying to God, why is this happening? I remember Joe and Lynette were there with us, and it was just a tough night. So th that, that perspective is, is kind of where I feel like I get stuck a lot, right? I get stuck going, why? Why, God? Why did you do that? Why couldn't it be this way? Why couldn't you flip the baby? Why couldn't things be normal? Right? And, and maybe you guys can relate, but we get there. We, right. we think that way. Right. And this just gives a, a perspective. So the OBGYN sat down with us after Jessica was recovering and basically told us that she had this, this disorder, or uh, yeah, I guess it's a disorder with her uterus that she didn't know about called placenta accreta. And just some background on that, it only happens to women who have had an abortion or uh, a miscarriage late in pregnancy. But Jessica has never been pregnant. There is not one case on the earth of a woman having that when, when she didn't have those things. So this was like a total freak like accident, like it shouldn't have happened, right? If they would have known that she had placenta accreta, they would have planned for not only a C-section, but a hysterectomy that week that we had the baby. So we, we would have been in the hospital the same, if we known about it, we would have been there at the same time, having the baby the same way, without the four surgeries leading to the hysterectomy, right? So God knew exactly when we should be in the hospital, and he did that because if it was later, Savannah would have died. Wow. So if, it, if we would have waited two weeks, let's say, let's say Jess pushed through two more weeks and we didn't have the baby, Savannah could have died during, during the operation. Then we found out later that if Jess uh, didn't have it then, and that way, if she would have pushed naturally, she would have died wow. from bleeding out. So you see the perspective, once you see the glory of God, right. okay, and then I'm looking at it going, I can't believe I said, why God? Right. I'm so grateful he didn't do the things I was praying for, right. because I wouldn't have a baby daughter, and I wouldn't have my wife. The glory of God is so powerful. Yes. And if we get stuck in this mindset of why, why can't you do this, God? Why can't you do it this way or that way? We, we just get stuck in our view. We don't see the beauty of what God can do. 
So it's just an example I wanted to share with you guys. Um, and since I've been doing this study and we've been working on it as a family, we've seen God's glory all over our lives. In work, in our relationships with friends, in our families, people we're reaching out to, uh, in the church. We, we see God's glory all around. And we try to make it our goal to give him glory. And that's what I wanted to bring to you guys is just a goal to think about ways that you can bring God glory. Really, it's a simple change of perspective. Right. I don't want to give you an assignment. There's no perfect way to do it. But changing your perspective on your life. Imagine living a life where all you did was bring God glory. What would it look like? How can you do that right now? Ultimately, guys, what's our goal as Christians? To go to heaven, right? That's what we do. That's why we come to church. That's why we study the Bible. That's why we change our lives. We reach out to other people. Because we want to go to heaven. We want other people to go to heaven, right? Guess what we do in heaven? We glorify God all day long. That's what the scriptures say. We sing his praise endlessly. So if our goal is to get to heaven, to bring glory to God, why don't we just do it here? Right. Right? Let's make it our goal to bring him glory here on earth. Amen. Think of it as like a practice round, right? We're yeah. practicing for when we get to heaven and we're going to do it all day anyways. But I think this simple change of perspective can change not only our lives, but the way our church is and the way people see our church. Right. Imagine they look at us and they, something's different about them. Right. All they talk about is God and how amazing he is and how much he's changed their lives. I want a piece of that. Right. It's going to be attractive. People are going to see this and flock to our church, not to, you know, just build up our church, but to bring glory to God. That'd be awesome if we filled this room and we didn't have enough room we had to get another room or we had to like live stream it in another room somewhere because so many people were attracted to the fact that we're bringing God glory. We could make a little piece of heaven on, on earth. We don't have to think of earth as a suffering place, you know, oh, I'm just, just getting through until I get to heaven. Like my, my wife and I joke about that all the time. Hey, honey, you should lay down. I'll lay down in heaven, right? <laughs> but heaven, earth can be an awesome place. Right. Where we bring him glory to practice to get to heaven, right? I wanted to finish with that quote again, because it really helps tie it all together. God loves his glory more than he loves us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the foundation of his love for us. He loves you so much that he loves his glory more than you. It should, it should be a positive thing. Not this like, wait, what? No, he loves me so much. He, he talks about me as his child. I'm an ambassador. Yes, you are. That's true. That's so true. But this is really the, the picture I wanted to paint for you guys. This is the perspective we all need to have. That his glory is amazing. Yeah. And the fact that we get to be a part of it, and we get to give him glory, yeah. is phenomenal. Yeah. So I wanted to encourage you guys. Think about some way that you can bring God glory. Thank you. Amen. Amen.